Welcome to Books, Kids, and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature guests from around the world who inspire future generations with their work. I'm here today with the multi-talented Jen Malia, and I'm so excited to have you here today. So Jen, thank you for being here. And um, where are you, where are you dialed in from? I'm in Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. Lovely, lovely. So um, I know that on the show, we, we typically have some people who are authors, some people who are illustrators, and some people who just have tons of talents. And um, I've often found that the people who are the most interesting um, and have written a ton of really cool content also have really interesting lives. And so you are one of those people. Um, tell us a little bit about your background. I know that you are a black belt in Taekwondo. Um, you've hiked a lot. You've traveled the world. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I like to think of myself as an explorer. Like I love um, going on adventures and, you know, like hiking mountains. Um, I recently took a trip to Alaska and was hiking on a glacier and just, you know, having, having a lot of fun, just traveling. And it's just a big part of my personality. Like I just love adventures and, and I always have, and it's just a big part of everything that I do. I kind of bring some of that into my writing as well. Um, I like my kids, the kids that are in my books to also go on adventures. Cause that's like what I liked to do, what I like reading as well. Yeah. I'm sure it really shows through through your writing and your work. So I personally, whenever I travel, I always find a little piece of something I've seen or experienced that weaves its way into my work. So I'm sure that yours are no different. Um, how did you get started with writing? Have you always enjoyed it? Or um, did you go the educational route and build from a formal education? Yeah, so I um, I kind of started out with, um, I got a, a, a degree in English, and then I went on to get a PhD in English as well. And I had always had an interest in creative writing. And when I was growing up, reading books was just, it was my passion. Like I was always reading and I enjoyed writing, but it wasn't something I really thought about doing. You know, it wasn't even something that was sort of on my radar as a possible career. I just enjoyed reading and, you know, got compliments from teachers growing up on my writing, but never really thought of that as a profession I could pursue. So I ended up in a PhD program that focused on literary criticism. And I ended up taking a job as a professor and publishing a lot of literary criticism and like academic journals. But that sort of passion for creative writing still, you know, kind of stayed with me. And um, it was actually when I got diagnosed as an adult with autism spectrum disorder that I started deciding that I wanted to tell other people about that and in personal essays. And I did some reported pieces about autism. And I really sort of took on um, advocacy through my writing in that way. And that sort of led to an opportunity to write a children's picture book. And so then I realized, oh, okay, this is the thing I can do um, too. So I started deciding that I was gonna make that part of my, my career. I was going to start writing children's books because I really enjoyed writing the first one. And so I took a more serious sort of pursuit and signed up for an, even an MFA program in writing for children and young adults at the Vermont College of Fine Arts. That's so exciting. And, you know, everybody has a different path to get there. And it seems like 
you know, as you are writing and really enjoying it, you're like, oh, I can do this. I can, I can make a, a career out of this. Um, so what was the process like for you for writing? Did you, are you an outliner or um, did you kind of have it in your mind what you wanted it to be? I saw on your site, you said, I wrote the books that I wanted to have as a child. So with that in mind, did you kind of already know what you wanted them to be? So I know that um, like for me, writing from an autistic perspective is just natural because I am autistic. So I usually start out knowing my character is going to be autistic or at least neurodivergent because I have some um, characters who have OCD or ADHD. And so there's um, there's that. I sort of start with normally the character and it's usually a composite character of sorts. So it might be a little bit of me, a little bit of um, one of my kids, but it's it's often based on real life experiences, like with a twist, I like to think of it. So like there's like scenes where I kind of start out writing the scene based on something that really did happen, but because it's fiction that I'm writing, I always change it in some way. But a lot of times the initial sort of spark for each scene comes from real life, you know, um, experiences. Yeah. And for uh, the younger listeners, do you want to share a little bit about neurodivergence and what that might appear like in their lives or if it, or something that they might say, oh, is this what this is? Yeah. So neuro neurodivergence is when you have a different way of thinking, your brain functions differently. So it's not a deficit. It's not anything that's a problem. It's just that you do things differently than the majority, which would be the, the, neuro, the neurotypical. So, so we think of neurodivergent people, they are often diagnosed with autism, ADHD, OCD, dyslexia, dysgraphia, and other brain differences. And neurotypical people are basically the rest. And interestingly enough, there's at least one in five that are neurodivergent now based on most recent statistics. And so there's a very large number of kids that either know that they're neurodivergent or are discovering that they are. And I grew up as an undiagnosed autistic girl and didn't get diagnosed until I was an adult. And it, it was on the same day as one of my, my kids. So it was kind of a, a journey of self-discovery. And so, like you said, I'm now trying to write the books that I wish I had growing up as an undiagnosed autistic girl. And, and since you had your experiences and also your child is also having those similar experiences, has um, have your kids read your books or have they found comfort in your writing? Yeah, in fact, they're they're usually my first readers. They are <laughs> and they're very much a part of the whole process. Um, mm -hmm. So what I'll do sometimes is um, like I, I like to think of the books that I've written, especially in my new series, The Infinity Rainbow Club, they're being marketed as humorous books. And I'm really happy about that because I made a lot of attempts to make these fun adventures for for the kids that are in the series. And my kids are, like I said, my first reader. So if they're not laughing at the right moment, then I know that I'm not quite getting it right. So yeah. it's really great to see their reaction. And sometimes they'll give me a little bit of feedback, like, it would be funnier, mom, if maybe the character did this instead. <laughs> That's so nice to have those those right there beta readers. Um, have you, I guess with the books, have you, um, have you had others reach out to you and say, thank you for writing these books? I know that, you know, most kids today, I was reading a study about how kids like to see themselves in books. 
and that they really latch on and enjoy something that shows kind of a reflection of who they are, what they're experiencing. So I would imagine you have probably a lot of readers that reach out and offer some some insight too. Yeah, so my my uh, children's picture book, Too Sticky, was um, it came out a few years ago. I've gotten lots of great feedback about that one from parents, you know, librarians, teachers, and kids, um, or like you know, kids indirectly through their parents saying that you know my kid wants to read Too Sticky every night, and so that's been really great. Um, and it's interesting how some kids love it because they don't like sticky things, and other kids like it because they love sticky things. <laughs> Um, so it's like they're, they just like reading a story that's about slime. And, and, and so that's been fun. And the infinity rainbow club chapter book series is just coming out actually in two days from now. So, so I haven't gotten a lot of feedback yet, but I've been getting early review feedback from, you know, uh, parents, teachers, and also a few indirectly through kids who said they thought it was hilariously funny. So I'm excited about that, that they're seeing the humor in it. And, you know, one parent reached out and said that, you know, they wanted to make sure I was working on the next book in the series because their kid just can't get enough of it already from the review oh copy. Gosh. So I'm really excited about that. That is so exciting. And, and in your book, you also have some cool artwork. Um, how did you find your artist for the art? And um, what was that process like putting pictures with your words? So the process, because they're it's traditionally published through Beaming Books and they choose the illustrator, but they did actually show me samples of illustrations early on in the process when they were selecting the illustrator. And I just loved um, Peter Francis's work. Um, he's the illustrator and he just did a fantastic job, I think, of capturing all the different characters in the series. And, you know, we have worked now on the three books Um there's Nick in the Brick Builder Challenge, Violet in the Jurassic Land Exhibit, and Connor in the Taekwondo Tournament. So all three of those books are coming out soon, and hopefully there'll be more too. Hmm, I wonder where the Taekwondo Tournament idea came from. <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually didn't start Taekwondo until I was in graduate school, but oh, okay. I was, um, I was a, like, I ran track in, in college, and then um, when I was in graduate school at the University of Southern California, um, I got into the martial arts. It was actually pretty popular. Um, there were a couple of different clubs and I joined a Taekwondo club and um, I trained for years. I got earned my black belt, you know, over the years I was working on my PhD and um, I competed on University of Southern California's Taekwondo team as well. So we would kind of go all around California competing in tournaments and it just, it was just really big impact on my life just um and so I really enjoyed coming up with the concept for you know one of my characters that's in the infinity rainbow club he does taekwondo with some of the other kids in the club and it was just so much fun to write because I got to use like my technical knowledge of just like you know the the different kicks and punches right. and all of that's built into there. I got to use Korean language as well. So we have, um, you know, we have a glossary in the back, but we're using, introducing kids to commands, numbers, and the names of kicks in Korean alongside like teaching them what some of these different, um, different kicks are and talking about like the physics of kicks and sort of bringing all that into like how to make your kicks more powerful. So that's it was a lot so of fun cool. to write. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm sure, especially because you're kind of a subject matter expert there. And, you know, you have all of that knowledge you can just openly share, but in a fun way. Um, with Infinity Rainbow Club, 
if you had to pick like favorite scene or favorite part of the book, do you want to describe what that might be for the listeners who might want to check out the book? Yeah. So in the first book, Nick and the Brick Builder Challenge, um, when I do readings, I've already, you know, done a couple, you know, before the book comes out and my, one of my favorite ones to read because I get so many laughs from the audience is this moment in the classroom where the kids are kind of working on a graphic novel where they, they read Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and they're kind of creating comics. And my character, Nick, you know, he's drawing, um, he's like, he's, he's writing all these different, basically like, um, things like, uh, he doesn't really understand how Alice can go in a, a rabbit hole. So he's like, well, she wouldn't fit in a rabbit hole. And, you know, the teachers ask him like, well, imagine if you were Alice. And then he's like, but I wouldn't fit in a rabbit hole. So <laughs> there's like all these comments that he's making. And then also putting in the comic itself that he's writing, like, I'm just going to jump in anyway, like things like that. And so it's really fun to write because there's different perspectives of the other kids and how they interpret the story versus my character, Nick, and how, you know, he just can't um, imagine the uh, the character doing these things that aren't realistic. And so he just really shows that in his thoughts and also his, his reactions. That's funny. Um, so with the book coming out this week, do you have anything planned? Are you doing any kind of party? Are you doing um, any kind of signings coming up? So I'm going to be doing a book signing at Prince Books in Norfolk because it's it's close to Virginia Beach area. But it's um I'm actually doing it after the the second book is coming out next month, a Violet oh. and Jurassic Land exhibit. So they're coming out really close together. So I'm actually going to be reading from both of those. Then a lot of what I'm doing now is a lot of virtual things, and I have some virtual book birthday things set up with the Vermont College of Fine Arts as well. So oh, there's okay. um there's a lot of Fun. I've been doing lots of podcasts like this too and blogs and things like that. So there's a lot going on, but it's like a, a mixture of virtual and in person. And I'll be going to the National Council of Teachers of English and CTE conference in November as well. Oh, so that'll be, that'll coming be great. Up. Yeah, you're going to be busy. So that's so fun. Um, I always ask everyone who comes on the show, um, for future generations and the legacy that you want to leave behind as an author, um, what are some things that you would like to leave behind as your legacy or what, what words of wisdom do you have for future generations? I think it's really important because I'm, like I said, an advocate for neurodiversity. And I think that what one thing that I'm trying to do with the work that I'm that I'm, you know, all the books that I'm writing is to, you know, to show that neurodivergence is a difference and that it's not something that should be stigmatized and that a lot of people, a lot of kids, you know, it's part of their identity. So I'm hoping to change the way that people think about, you know, having brain differences. And also hopefully that, you know, books that center neurodivergent people, neurodivergent kids specifically, um, that they should be read by both neurotypical and neurodivergent kids, because I think that the way to move beyond, you know, that stigmatism is to show that it's, it's important for everyone to have a better understanding and to be more accepting of neurodivergence. Absolutely. Well, I am just so thrilled to have the opportunity to have you on the show and we're going to post links to your website and also um, include some pictures of your wonderful book here. So um, 
Jen, thank you so much for being here. And I'm so excited about your work. Thank you for the work you do and um, have a great day. Thank you so much for having me.